and welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. So today on this individual episode, we're going to go back to leadership development, and we're going to talk about one of the very first leadership development approaches that actually believe that almost anybody could be a leader. It was one of the very first ones that believe that leaders could actually learn their skills that they needed to manage others effectively. That leadership was not a trait, not something that you were born with, but something that you could learn. It's called the Action-Centered Leadership, and it was published in the 1970s, developed in the 1960s, but actually published in the 1970s by John Adair, who was a leadership theorist. Now, John Adair at the time taught military leadership at the Royal Military Academy in Sandhurst in England. So it's really important to acknowledge that this was actually developed for military leaders initially, but has been used uh, pretty broadly since that time. Now, since it was developed for, for military leaders, as you can imagine, that it actually focused not just on leading, but also in terms of managing, right? So the action leadership is focused on both leadership and management of individuals. So let's talk about what the difference between those two are first, in terms of the difference between leadership and management. So leadership is different from management in that all leaders are not necessarily great managers. I think this is something that people sometimes get mixed up in that they think managers are leaders and leaders are are managers. They're not the same. In fact, not all leaders are managers and not all managers make good leaders. One skill does not necessarily imply the other is present. So leadership is actually something that was recognized first in terms of research. And leadership is about deciding direction. It's about knowing the next step and then taking others with you to to that next step. So it's really about vision, finding the opportunities in a business or an organization and taking the organization forward, moving everybody in that organization forward to that next step. Management is actually the process by which an organization operates and functions. So it involves things like uh, planning, staffing, controlling, budgeting, uh, measuring, monitoring performance of the organization. So these two things are actually different in terms of leadership is actually about direction and management is actually about the, the, the processes that can help you get to that direction. Now, there, there are valuable elements of management that are not necessarily found in leadership. For example, things like uh, administration, managing resources. And there are things in leadership as well that are not necessarily found in management. For example, uh, you may find that some managers may not be very inspiring. They not be, may not be very enthusiastic, uh, which is something that you may need in, in leadership. Now, back to the action-centered leadership by John Adair. This had three central elements to it. Actually, there are, there are three interconnected pieces or circles, sometimes represented as circles, that, that all are interconnected and, and are linked together. So the, the three uh, core responsibilities are uh, achieving the task, which again, if you think about it in terms of from the military point of view, that's, that's number one, achieve the task. And, and this requires you to make sure that you clear, have a clear understanding of what the task is. So you've got to define what the goal and what the mission is. You got to know what that is. The second one is building and maintaining the team. Right. So to achieve the task, you need a team to, to, to do the work to help you achieve that task. And so a, a responsibility here is really making sure that you're managing the team, that you're, you're selecting the task and, and distributing them appropriately to the individuals that you're working with. 
And then the third one here is developing the individual. And this is making sure that each person in the team clearly understands what their role is and that they're being developed to be able to successfully complete and accomplish their role. Now, the action-centered leadership model by John Adair is really focused on actionable steps and best practices that leaders can actually learn and apply. And so this is where the the thought that it is really not a, a trait, but something, a skill, a behavior that almost anybody can learn comes into play. And so there's some actionable steps and activities that are associated with each of these three responsibilities or circles. In order to achieve the task, there are things like, as I mentioned, identifying what the task is, clearly outlining the, the objective, the goal, coming up with a vision to help you achieve that goal, uh, making sure you're setting the direction that everyone can follow to help you reach that goal, identifying the, the resources that are needed to help you get there. So what are the people, the processes? Now, this is very similar to what I say when I talk about uh, an organization and talk about the critical elements of success for an organization or business. It's really the integration of the people, the process, and the technology into a business strategy. In terms of John Adair's approach, it's, it's talking about identifying specific resources, people, process, the tools that may be things like communication, IT, anything that's really necessary to achieve the objective as has been laid out. And then the next step is really creating a plan to help you achieve these tasks. You know, you have a good sense of the resources that you have, and then from those resources, creating a plan to help you achieve your objective. And that also includes things like dividing responsibilities, coming up with objectives to help you reach the goal, uh, making sure that things are accountable, having things that are measurable and, um, and things that can be measured and monitored. And then some of the other elements of this is really making sure that we're establishing uh, clear standards and timelines, make sure that there's a control apparatus in place to make sure that we are maintaining the the schedule and achieving the the milestones to help us achieve the overall objective the, and the overall goals and then there needs to be that 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 monitor in place to make sure that these things are being done moving on to the next piece the next thing we talked about is really making sure that we're managing and maintaining the team right and so to do this you really need to make sure that you are establishing and agreeing upon how to communicate i think communication is one of the most important things you can start off with And so you need to make sure that you're establishing clear communication within your team. You also need to make sure that you are determining what the culture of the organization is going to be and what are the steps and the actions needed to make sure that you develop and build that culture. And then you also need to make sure that you're talking about the skills required to establish the culture to make sure that the communication is appropriate. You've got to make sure that in the military setting, at least, that you maintain discipline and that uh, you are following ethical guidelines and principles, and that the team as a whole understands the um, the guiding principles that the organization is going to function about. And in many organizations, these are the values of the organization. You got to make sure that you're developing the team and then team morale uh, and, and employee engagement to make sure that everybody in the team is working collectively and efficiently as a unit. The uh, last one of these is really talking about the individual, right? developing and managing the individual. And to do this, you need to make sure that you really are understanding the individual well. You need to make sure that you're understanding each individual team member, understanding what their strengths are, what their challenges are, understanding their personalities and their different skills uh, so that you can apply those team, those different skills and resources 
appropriately to different settings and also can to help those individuals develop those areas of, of weaknesses, those areas of challenges. Really understanding your individuals can be really helpful to making sure that the team is functioning well because the team is made up obviously of individuals and it's the individual level that which you can really have impact and which you can really make movement that impacts the team. So some other things that, that are really important at the individual level are some of the things that we've talked about before, that attentive, active listening of individuals' needs, making sure that you're understanding what individuals need so that you can address those needs, and uh, helping to solve conflict within the team at the individual level. Uh, and so this is really important to make sure that, that the, the whole team is functioning well, making sure that individuals are, are functioning well and feel supported. You've also got to make sure that you are uh, clearly allocating and dividing individual roles and responsibilities, giving people the autonomy as is appropriate to be able to perform their functions, but also the support as is needed in order to make sure that you are there to provide whatever it is that those individuals need in order to be successful. And then obviously recognition and rewards. I think we sometimes undervalue the importance of individual recognition. You know, not everybody likes to be recognized in the same way, but most people do like to be recognized in some way. It's an affirmation of the work that they're doing, and it's really appreciated and can actually go a very long way. I've had numerous cases where employees just don't feel as if their work is appreciated, and so that could really impact their, their desire to want to do more, to want to work effectively. But just a kind word from leadership, a recognition from leadership can really motivate employees to work harder, work longer, and, and, and be more efficient at their jobs. Providing additional training to help employees improve their skills is also extremely important because you want to make sure that everybody is continuing to advance and everybody is continuing to progress so that they can better themselves, better the team, and help achieve the task as has been identified. Now, this model, in my opinion, is actually a pretty good one for managers to have because those are some of the things that managers have to do. They have to accomplish specific tasks. They are responsible for the team, and they are also responsible for developing the individuals. And so I think from a manager point of view, this is actually a really great leadership model that can be used. The focusing on the task, focusing on the team and focusing on the individuals. And I also really like that it has very specific concrete steps and actions that uh, individuals can take. So if you are a new manager, for example, I think this would be a great model for you to follow because it actually breaks down for you the specific steps and responsibilities that are expected of you as a manager. Well, making sure that you are helping to achieve the task, making sure you are helping to develop and manage and maintain the team, and then making sure that you are developing and um, managing the individuals as well. I think these are some of the, the three key things of any manager. So I really like this model. So if you're a new manager, I highly recommend that you take a look at this model because I think it can be a good place to start. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been helpful. and I hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.